Welcome to Women's Words, a podcast where we change the conversation about abuse and healing and provide a place for women to be seen and heard. I'm Hyla Rogers. And I'm Jenny Decker. We are all living downstream from a multitude of stories, themes, and ideas of patriarchy. Some of these are cultural and some religious, and of course there are a lot of intersections between the two. Together we want to challenge the forces that have been pushing women into this stream. We will touch on a variety of subjects in our discussions with the goal of creative growth and awareness. If you are triggered or experience distress at any point, we encourage you to take whatever serenity break works for you. Use grounding techniques, push pause, etc. Your safety and health are important to us. Let's begin. This one is fast, dense, and intense. Join us as we talk about forced forgiveness, encouraging anger in relation to forgiveness, how clean anger causes movement, agency, or action, and how using it to propel us forward and out of abuse is crucial. How we're all conditioned to believe women are less competent than men, and more. So we want to talk some about forgiveness in terms of abuse and how people approach that as a concept or personally and and in the church. Yeah. So you had yeah. an experience recently. Yeah, I was talking to a friend recently and she has experienced betrayal trauma in her marriage. Um, this one uh, has to do with porn, abu- porn use. Uh, she found out that her husband has been using porn recently and um, that was a deal breaker for her in her marriage. And uh, she feels, it sounds like from the way she talks, she's putting pressure on herself to forgive. Mm-hmm. And when she says forgive, she means to reconcile and um, let it go and go back to the relationship as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that how we... It's important to define what right. people mean by forgiveness. Exactly. Yeah. How we understand forgiveness is really important. And... um there's a lot of pressure from all different places to friends, family, church. Exactly. To forgive and move forward. And, okay. Um, I definitely felt mm. that in my situation. Okay. Definitely felt that, um, you know, why can't you just forgive me kind of mentality. Ah, from the perpetrator. But can you give some other examples of specific sources that you felt pressure to forgive from? Mm, that's or a good messages? question. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking through my situation. Yeah. Um, I think most of it came from myself, and it mm. mostly it came from myself because I was taught that you should forgive. I remember hearing when I was a kid about, like, girls who were raped or otherwise, like, horrifically abused, showing up in courtrooms and telling their perpetrator that they forgive them, oh, um, families being killed in car accidents and showing up and telling the drunk driver that they forgive them. Right, and those, those are narratives. Yeah, those narratives mm-hmm. being really um, yeah. glorified. Yes, and, glorified. And it's seen as strong to get to that point as soon as possible. Exactly. And forgiveness yeah. is a very powerful thing. It's, it's supremely yeah. uh, important and amazing. But is that real forgiveness when someone's pushed into it right. and maybe hasn't completely dealt with all of the 
betrayal, all the wounds, all the feelings right. that came from being right. hurt. Right, exactly. And I don't think that we can forgive if we don't understand what we're forgiving or if we don't feel that our hurt is valid and we haven't taken time to process that, then we're it's not forgiveness. We're excusing in some mm-hmm. way yes. and excusing something that's unexcusable. Yes, and the examples that you gave mm-hmm. of people in courtrooms yeah. You know, being glorified for being the great forgiver. Right. That does actually, I think it's the term spiritual bypass, mm. which is when people don't want to deal with something and they make formulas or rules to sidestep mm. that. So it would be pressure, right. which would be abuse in my definition right, yeah yeah and and it could be even with the best intentions absolutely like we want someone to feel better and we know it feels better to forgive so mm-hmm. you don't walk around with this bitterness eating away at you right, right? right. but <laughs> I think I shared with you before the quote that I heard about of a holocaust survivor yeah saying there is no forgiveness without rage yeah absolutely yeah yeah and you're i think i love how you said sidestepping because what we're sidestepping is grief and loss and we're anger not, yeah and anger right yeah full anger righteous anger yeah and we've talked a lot about anger before but um just Let's talk about it here <laughs> right yeah i've been thinking a lot yeah. about it anger is so important and when i see a woman who is angry about her situation i'm encouraged because i know that she is in a healthier place because when somebody treats you poorly you should feel angry we have right. like god-given dignity and we should feel angry when we're hurt right. it's a signal of a boundary being crossed right. a signal of Someone is trying to cross our boundary, mm-hmm. and we feel angry for a reason. Absolutely. And I I completely shut down because I needed to, to mm-hmm. survive. Yeah. Um, all of those signals right. in myself. Right. Yes. And Yeah. And yeah so I late, literally didn't feel angry for 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, literally. Right. Did and, not and feel angry. And it's amazing when that I our brain and ang- body can do that. Yes. Can just... Just put a block there. Yeah. I don't feel it. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to feel angry because mm-hmm. when I felt angry, I was in trouble or was punished because I had this right. feeling that wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And I love the way you spelled that out because yeah. that's why I had to block that too mm-hmm. is because I was punished. I was right. hurt right. if I showed that because right. it was a threat to the person doing the harm mm-hmm. because I wasn't small and weak and you know, the right. a person that's harming another person isn't feeling powerful right. in themselves. Right. So any sense of strength yeah. from the person being harmed mm-hmm. is a threat, is, mm-hmm. you know, makes them and want I to hurt more. I think this is like kind of touching on a bigger issue that women are expected to be receivers in uh-huh. every area yes. of like life mm-hmm. and culture mm-hmm. and relationships. Mm-hmm. And when you're angry, you're kind of saying no. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm an equal that. person in this mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're trying to stand up and say something different or or put something forward or put you yeah. know not, yeah. communicate. not receive. Communicate. <laughs> yeah. Give a right. voice. Not, but yeah. also like But give. give. Yeah. Exactly. And, Instead and of receiving. What is the word? Agency just right. present. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring. <laughs> but I keep having this and we've talked about bringing art into and it'll happen mm-hmm. naturally into all these conversations but mm-hmm. I keep having this picture in my mind of Snow White okay. laying or or the princess the other princess that's laying yeah. on a stone slab <laughs> waiting to be kissed and woken up 
Right. That is what is in my mind right now. That's a what visual is, is expected. Of, of mm-hmm. no... No agency. No agency, but like no mm-hmm. movement even. Mm-hmm. And just a, a, like a not even conscious. Right, right. <laughs> and that's what's seen as yeah. desirable or it's changing some, but mm-hmm. still that's really prevalent in our society. Absolutely. That, yeah, yeah I'm glad you brought that up. Just that yeah. slack receiver. In fact, there's a funny <laughs> gift too about um, that book, Twilight. Yeah. And, and yeah. she's like, I just lay here, you know, <laughs> and wait for my sparkling right. <laughs> hero to come. Right. And I think the gift talks about some other character that has a sword and, and is actively working to free herself or fight yes. the war yes. with uh, all the other warriors right. and stuff like that. And, and it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know if you want to go here, but even uh-huh. like how we talk about like female parts is vagina and vagina literally means sheath. Uh, and wow. so it's implying that it's a sheath for a sword. So the language, even whoever uh-huh. picked that Latin word, yeah. and when we're talking not about a female, it, I'm sure usually we're talking about the vulva or a more complete kind of picture. Some people like to say yoni, but kind of a bigger picture of like what we're talking about. But usually, what we say is vagina, which means sheath. So we're always talking about it in relation that, to yeah, what goes I in it. Yeah, I never knew that you, as a midwife, would have yeah. this special knowledge. <laughs> yeah. But also, what I'm thinking is <laughs> like the random. powerfulness of childbirth. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, a woman's uterus is what contains this. Right. Right. child this baby and there's then so much gives more than you know going so on and there's yeah. so many more even uses i mean that's true with breasts too like that yeah. they're all sexualized but really right. they feed children right you know, and, the, and those roles are mm-hmm. strong ones absolutely that women right are in but we right. don't talk right. about it things related that yeah. way that's yeah. so interesting yeah and so i'm thinking again about the anger mm-hmm. piece with this and i have been feeling lately and and this relates for me to having my body just objectified and Mm -hmm. so I shut myself off from my body yeah to feel safe and Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a way to feel powerful but it was a way to feel at least not as Mm -hmm. as objectified as Mm -hmm. attacked yes Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. so anger Mm -hmm. does make me feel and the kind of anger I would like to clarify I'm talking about is this anger that's that just it doesn't feel like ew it feels like clean it feels like this is helping me act and see and anger is energy yeah yeah and you're going from a place Mm -hmm. of where you're drained and lifeless and without movement and anger is movement yes yes and so as i'm going more into that Mm -hmm. i'm feeling way more present Mm -hmm. like i'm feeling my feet on the floor Mm -hmm. i'm feeling the air in the room mm-hmm. but I'm also realizing that with this power comes more responsibility with great power comes yes, great that, responsibility yeah that was the uh, quote I was thinking Spider-Man. of okay is that what that's from uh-huh. <laughs> there we go um so I'm just realizing that I want to be able to feel sometimes when people are crossing my boundaries and then be yeah. able to cool off Absolutely. Before I interact with them. Well, I just haven't had that so much Mm. because when when we're learning something, we sometimes swing Mm -hmm. to the other end of the pendulum. So I've made the mistake, I think, lately of just in the last few years, I mean, of just saying what I think, you know, which is okay. I was still 
from the heart and you know but and that's part of living together as humans too trying to see where someone's coming from and what they're saying and I think people even then when I was a little more you know uneven could have seen what I was meant you know that I wasn't attacking someone so but just trying to be more at ease with power right right yeah, and have that anger and, and and feel it and try to understand what it's telling you. But then you get to choose whether you act on it or not. Or how yeah. you act on it. Exactly, you and know. how you act on it. And, you know, it's and, and in private, you can punch pillows and then you can go <laughs> talk calmly. Yeah, you know, yeah. And to using say, the energy, but, t- but calm exactly. still. And to say that anger is good doesn't mean that everything that comes out of it is good. Um, yeah, but it's it's an opportunity and it's... An opportunity for movement that maybe wasn't there before. So yeah. I know when I was like trying to get out of my um, abusive situation, I would use anger and mm-hmm. use it to like journal and come up with solutions and like what what next. Mm-hmm. So how can I? I mean, as plainly as you can say it, is how can I s- stop this thing that just happened from happening again? Mm-hmm. Because we have agency and responsibility over our own selves, homes, lives. So when somebody misuses us, that's that's their fault. That's on them. That's not something we allowed or asked for or brought on ourselves. But we can say, like, okay, is there anything I can do right. to make sure this doesn't happen again? Right. Is there, you know, do, can I stop communicating with this person? Can I communicate in a way that feels safer for me? You know, do I need to change the locks on my doors? Do I need to, um, you know, put a filter on my computer if it's a porn use? So like, whatever is going on, is yeah. there something Concrete. of agency I can do moving, yeah. moving forward? Yeah, and I like that you used the example of, can I not talk to this person? Yeah. Because... The message of so-called, I'm using quote, finger quotes here, um, of reconciliation right. has muddied the waters, to use a not strong enough metaphor. Right. It's made it horrible for yeah. women or yeah. for other people who are in abusive relationships yeah. when people are saying that. And yeah. and there's, I would like to say there's a good heart behind it. Yeah. I love the idea of reconciliation, yeah. but it takes two parties, <laughs> as we know in the events of the last few days, Absolutely. even yeah. worldwide. Yeah. And in some ways, it needs to be very lean towards the person that broke the relationship. So, mm-hmm. And I used to say, like, well, I didn't break it, so I can't fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can heal myself and I can be, you know, open to reconciliation, but I can't make someone stop abusing me and I can't even fix the harm that they caused. It, it requires yeah. them really understanding the harm that they caused and coming at it at a whole different kind of situation, which, right. which is very rare. And yeah, when, and that's why people, you'll hear people say people don't change. He's never going to change. They don't. And I get why people say that because it's holding on to that desire for change that keeps a lot of women stuck. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I, I do believe that people can change, but I yeah. I think people change exactly what they want to change. Right, and I, yeah. I think it's important even more than talking about if people can change or not, although I'm mm-hmm. super glad you brought that up. The part you just said about people hold on to wanting that yes. and remain stuck. Yeah. And I want to say something about that, which is that... That's not a bad thing. 
It makes me kind of almost want to cry. That's not a bad thing to want that change. Well, I think that's where I got mixed up, but I see other people too. Mm -hmm. Like we're wanting something good. Absolutely. So don't, yeah, so don't negate. No one's negating that. I want to not, you know, say, don't negate that for yourself, but, but recognize that you can't control it. Right. You can't control the other person. And even just this week, I had more realizations personally about that, where I still was trying to do that. Mm -hmm. You and I read this Mm -hmm. book, Burnout. Yeah, Um, so good. Yeah, Yeah. that talks about women being brought up to be human givers Mm -hmm. and human fixers Mm -hmm. and human, you know, just lotion that keeps everything moisturized and, you know, (laughs) communities just sort of pretendedly getting along but it's not really getting along it's just letting some be the aggressor and some be the the weaker parties that that don't have a voice right so but so wanting what should be isn't bad uh but the the not having a sense that someone else has a responsibility for their own actions in life. Right, right. And and so this week for me, I had some people trigger me and I, mm-hmm. you know, in a position of authority or I put them there in my mind and I had to realize, okay, I'm not getting my needs met mm-hmm. in this relationship. Right. They're not capable of right. doing more than they can do. I've yeah, tried, yeah. you know. So I need to go elsewhere. Absolutely. And realizing that yeah. was so impactful for me and validating for me because mm-hmm. I'm because your needs are valid I'm and thinking your about needs yeah are my, what they are yeah I had a yeah. good friend and she was like in a dating relationship and um she just constantly felt kind of inadequate in this relationship and he wasn't communicating love the way that she needed to hear love she wasn't you know he wasn't communicating like he prefers her over everyone else kind of basic things but it was just his personality he Mm -hmm. he just was more reserved and more like we're together aren't we like that should be enough and um she was beating herself up a little bit like um you know that should be enough for me and i think i think that's the opposite i think when we're clinging to that hope we're often like take on that over responsibility piece of like i am um, I, this should be enough for me, or I'm too needy, or I'm too yeah, much. Yeah, or I'm those too, kinds of yes thoughts. Exactly. So the patterns. opposite of being angry at like, okay, this is what I should have, and I don't have it. Oh, I see. Is what kind you're of this over responsibility piece, and and I told her your needs are your needs, and the point of dating and being in a relationship and trying it out is to see if you are a good match or not, and it's mm-hmm. there's no like morality to that in my opinion like you don't it doesn't have to fit yeah that's so interesting trying to make it work right and feeling what i hear in that is that she's making it her fault right his lack of right of affection or showing her that she matters Mm -hmm. and i hear that so much now that you say that it's in it's in like chick lit books it's in it's Mm -hmm. in advertisements it's everywhere yeah, now and we kind of talked about, about that. that this week, like that yeah. underlying bias, you and I Let's on the now. phone. Yeah, we talked <laughs> I about can't there's remember an what... underlying bias to everything that is Towards just a bias women against just... women. Yeah, yeah. it's just like they're probably too emotional. They're probably not very competent. They're probably that, yeah, yes. whatever. 
like yeah. fill in the blank, but probably not as valid as men in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, I, and say more if you can remember, because I'm not remembering. <laughs> I can't remember but the thing that, that you brought up. I okay. know I'm kind of embarrassed to even say like what what <laughs> went through my mind. But I was at a birth and we transported to the hospital. Um, she needed to go in um, for pain relief and other issues. I'm like, I don't want to share too much publicly. <laughs> yeah. But we were at the hospital because we needed to be there. We, we gave it a good go at home. Everybody was happy and stable, but we needed to go in for other options. Um, and an anesthesiologist came in that was a woman. And um, yeah. she was super nice, very friendly, all these things. Um, placed the epidural. The epidural worked well. And then um, the following shift, a male anesthesiologist came on. And um, the mom needed more pain relief. Like the epidural kind of had worn off a little bit. She was feeling more contractions. She was really needing more pain relief. And this man said, oh, well, most of my colleagues don't put these new pumps at the right drip rate. I put everybody, I think it was 15 and 7. No, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Way above my pay grade. A higher so, dose yeah, or something. Higher dose, exactly. Because these new pumps, like the tubing's different and they're not actually getting as much as it says they're getting. Um, Technical Just things, kind of implying but, that but he, was the, the tone. he was the really like smart yeah, one, yeah. and he's comes. Oh, he's like, I come on my shift and I find all these women in pain, and I just go around fixing yes, it. We talked about that, and I was yes. like, wow, so good. But part of my brain thought, well. Like that other anesthesiologist was a female, and maybe she wasn't as qualified at this job. Yes, we talked about this. And almost we have like these I, classes. I have this yeah, class. Yes. We are realizing and now, but they're disgusting. in there. Yeah. They're, yeah, and, they're in um, our minds. And I thought wow. almost that yeah. arrogance is like almost reassuring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what I was thinking just now when you were describing that mm-hmm. is that we give these messages to baby boys. Absolutely. That they're supposed to be. Sure of everything. Yes. And confident and right. actually doing the things that we now decry, you know, mansplaining, <laughs> or right. interrupting right. people, talking over people, coming into a room and commanding mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. you know. And we tell girls to be apologetic, right? to slip in there and be assuage sweet. everyone. Be sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. make, make everyone happy. And so as we're trying to change in our society people I think are swinging like I was describing with the pendulum into one or the other extreme you know trying that out because I don't want to be put in this box whatever the box is but in the middle is this happy medium of people disrespecting one another and working together absolutely (laughs) and And then I found myself thinking that and I thought you know what this woman did so many years of schooling to become an anesthesiologist and she comes in here with like friendliness and humility yeah. and just does her job yeah. and, and maybe, good for her and right. we're talking about good for her good for women for doing shit like this yeah. is what needs to happen <laughs> like good for her for right. doing shit like this is right it's and hard then, and she's going against all of these biases uh-huh. when she's in her training but i love that you and 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 me and others have this awareness in ourselves mm-hmm. to be like, wait, whoa, you know, and <laughs> right, and right. the reason that happened that you had that awareness and that thought is because you have generally an openness mm-hmm. to these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm going to live my life this way and look for what, you know, it's just a generalized openness, mm-hmm. open mind, heart. Yeah. 
and then things happen and you can see them yeah. uh, and then we're having discussions like this with you know with friends and, well, and colleagues having experienced and it ourselves right yeah. yeah yeah and having experienced it ourselves and then being sensitive enough <laughs> to face the the pain that comes with that or the anger that comes with that work through it but also I was thinking the part that you said about the woman and physiologist being friendly mm-hmm. and humble yeah and that being seen as weakness right <laughs> whether the knowledge right. behind it is say that say the knowledge is equal yeah you know between even two people totally. we see we see arrogance yeah as strength right and that just doesn't do anybody any favors any right. person right. yeah absolutely yeah. so to come back to forgiveness like mm. what would you define forgiveness as mm-hmm yeah so I'm thinking in terms of what we've all been talking about with all these situations and when I had my children I had a lot of different experiences in that process and I can remember people who took advantage of my vulnerable state Mm. in that time and I can remember people who came alongside in that same time and place and empowered me Mm -hmm. and so in terms of forgiveness say for those situations it is a letting go I would say like of what we've been talking about not being able to control and go back and change how it was you know Um, with certain people that did hurt me and give me bad advice and you know cause problems in my life this week or back then yeah so a letting go but also I have talked to a few people about the whole and I didn't bring this up the last time mm-hmm. this subject came up for the podcast but the whole concept of and I and I cried really hard this week because there was this sermon um, talking about this and mm-hmm. um, it was the part about Jesus entering into the pain that I've experienced mm and paying for that yeah and and there's such there's justice done then Mm. so knowing that and I've never heard that before in church I made it up and I (laughs) and I talked with people about it and then did hear it this week but I never heard that I always heard in church you're a sinner you're bad you Mm. need to repent right which I don't necessarily disagree with we're all flawed but hearing Mm. conceptualizing that, and I'm going to get a little graphic because the crucifixion is graphic, but the blood and the abuse and the pain Mm -hmm. there helps me to feel understood for Mm -hmm. that that I experienced. And knowing that takes the pressure off me. I don't have to forgive in the way that people are Mm -hmm. saying is really beyond me. Right. I'm not sure if this is making sense. You can ask yeah. for a clarification. No, I get what you're but. saying. Um, and I, I totally understand that concept. Like, they say um, something, but to forgive is divine. Mm. And I'm like, exactly. Um, I'm not Jesus. I'm not. I'm <laughs> it's, not a, it's a supernatural thing. It is. It's a supernatural thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to come to a point in my life where I look at somebody who hurt me and, and don't think about it. You know, and I don't feel it or don't experience that at all. I don't, I don't think I, that might I don't, be, that might be the bypassing. Totally. Don't. And I don't believe we're called to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Jesus did that for us. Yeah. I guess you know? that's what, 
thankfully I'm saying in this yeah, experiential totally. way yeah yeah to yeah. me i think yeah. true forgiveness is a lot more about um i tell people it's it's vertical not horizontal mm. so it's a lot more about my relationship with god oh. than it is about my relationship with that person oh that's a good and way to that's describe how it. i've experienced yeah. it and mm-hmm. i i know my ex that's was like what, what i'm asking i'm asking you to forgive me and i was like so thrown by that yeah i had been taught these messages and the words were right the, yeah in that totally situation yes. kind of kind but, of yeah the tone yeah. was not yeah there, but <laughs> the words i guess mm-hmm. practically speaking and and i think that yeah. was his intention yeah was to put pressure on me yes yeah. and i want to come back say something and come back to it and then hear the rest yeah. of what you're going to say but that that kind of subtle manip- manipulation mm-hmm. and coercion and and just mind yeah. games and and gaslighting i would like to us to discuss yeah. maybe today <laughs> yeah absolutely um and so I talked to my counselor about it because I was very troubled and I I felt like oh I should forgive him um of course in my mind meaning sweep it under the rug and don't worry mm-hmm, about it anymore mm-hmm. and be and, the strong one to not notice and keep going and right right pretend basically, the abuse, basically to me forgiveness meant pretend pretend like it would be different when I did not believe it would be different mm-hmm. it's your gut actually yeah absolutely and she said, you can say my heart's intention is to forgive you. And that helped me release myself a lot because I was like, it, that's really true. Yes. Like, I, I would love nothing more yeah. than to reconcile in a way that's honest oh, and yeah. true. And most people that have worked with betrayal trauma or abuse will say that you can stay together, but if it's going to be healthy, it will be a whole new relationship and it will be 100% different. Mm-hmm. This is not going, you're going to find like new ways of being together. This is mm-hmm. not going to be a reversion to what it used yeah. to be minus yeah. some hurt. That's right. not, right. that's not really right. accurate. So that helped me new. to put, take off that pressure off myself. Mm-hmm. And I did actually tell him that a couple of times, like my intention is to forgive you. And, and I kind of yeah. knew like someday I will. Yeah. Right? And that's about freedom for you. Right. Internal spiritual freedom. Exactly. Yeah. And so then I could actually work on forgiveness. And that was more like what you're talking about, the release. I, so yeah. I, there's a couple of people that share thoughts on forgiveness that I really like. So one of my favorite authors ever is Anne Lamott. Uh-huh. So I love her. With her. Yeah. She's just like such a great writer. I've actually seen her speak in Denver and it was so uh-huh. fun. Is it a certain book by her? We can put it in the show notes. Um, or... I love Traveling Mercies. Yeah. Um, that was one of her first books. Yeah. But I love all okay. her nonfiction books. Okay. But her fiction is good too. But her nonfiction is my favorite. Yeah. And Stuff about forgiveness. Um, yeah. Plan B, Further Thoughts on Faith. It's yeah. really good. She's, yeah. she's a very liberal Christian and I love that. So. And I feel like in those books, she just did very honest exploration of her own faith. Absolutely. She wasn't trying to present an agenda to people. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, what do I believe? What is yeah. the truth in for me? And how does it right. spell out on the ground? Yeah. And she was mad at this boy. And I don't remember why. But um, she said in her mind, she could see him like hanging on a grappling hook. And he was just <laughs> hanging there, like begging everybody to get him down. And she was just enjoying that he was being there. <laughs> And <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm laughing. <laughs> and um, she said, forgiveness is just taking him off the hook. Uh-huh. And I just loved that uh-huh. visual. And it's just, it's not that he doesn't deserve punishment, that I'm not going to put it on him and I'm not going to make sure he gets it. Uh-huh. Um, yes. So, Which is bondage. To, act- to be walking around exactly. wanting that. Yeah, yes. And for someone. there's a pastor, yeah. a Lutheran pastor in Denver, Nadia bolts Weber and she talks about forgiveness as well as like we are taking like bolt cutters and 
and cutting the Ooh, chain. That feels off good, ourselves. right? <laughs> it it's feels not really this good. like weak, non-moving yeah. thing. This yeah. is a very powerful mm-hmm. thing that, like, through Jesus, we have the ability to cut people, cut ourselves free yeah. from what people have done right. to us. Right, right, yeah. right. Love mm-hmm. that. And the reason I was laughing though <laughs> <laughs> is that I have had and. It's good to talk about this because I've talked about it a couple of times and people really don't get it and that's fine. It's it's <laughs> only one conversation, hopefully, and more yeah. more to come. But I have, and again, with a professional counselor's help, um, I have imagined doing things like burning things, smashing things, yeah. you know, yeah. with great delight and it yeah. felt wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell people I had no intention in my heart or anywhere else to actually do those things. Right. You know, to actually right. hurt anyone. But it felt so good to the parts of me that experienced this abuse to imagine defending myself right. or right. harming someone. Yeah. And again, I don't want to actually harm the live people. Yeah. And and that's <laughs> that's the difference is that it feels good. But it's born out of a desire to protect yourself and right. a desire to have the right. ability that I didn't, to protect and yourself. And I didn't have that, right. and I didn't have that chance yeah. at the time. And so I'm, yeah. if you, and to mention another book, the um, Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine, yeah. he talks about that our bodies need to complete these cycles. Mm-hmm. So if we truncated that in the past, yeah. if we didn't get to run away, if we didn't get to defend mm-hmm. ourselves, we need to psychologically imaginatively do that right to break free yeah. from yeah. the past and from the hurt so let's see what was the other thing about something else you said about forgiveness i don't know i just love the chain cutting the chain right that right it's not visual. something passive and it doesn't it does not require reconciliation yeah i think that was the yeah forgiveness final has thought floating out there basically nothing to do with mm-hmm. reconciliation yeah. no. It re- no, reconciles us to god but it doesn't necessarily reconcile mm-hmm. us to that person yeah um, that horizontal thing is dependent yes. our relationships with people are conditional um yes yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> that's really good our relationships with people are conditional that Absolutely. is really good right there That was just really good. <laughs> That's just not, again, that encapsulates a lot of what we just talked about. Right. We think we're responsible to keep a relationship going whether someone is abusing us or not. Right, right. That doesn't make sense. And I think my final thought is that in the church, and Tiffany and I talked about this a little bit, people are told to forgive that aren't the ones that are hurt. Right. And I just think that should never happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just not the person that needs mm-hmm. to be saying that or talking about that at well, all. Well, and when, when somebody says you should forgive them or um, I should forgive them, mm-hmm. the, the best response from somebody supporting them in a ministerial way would be, what is it that you think you need to forgive them for? Because we need to explore Ooh, what yeah. what are we forgiving? Mm-hmm. That's so good yeah. because then that brings up the actions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't make it about the person doing something that you think they should do or not. It right. It brings up the facts. Right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And then we can delve into like what kind of trauma has happened. Yeah. And then we can find healing Yeah, because we can't find healing, you know, and I've heard story after story after story of a counselor being like, well, we don't want to get into that because that's just going to hurt the relationship. We don't want to like, you don't need all the details of her is cheating or you don't need all the details, you know, oh. or we don't need all the details of the abuse or we don't. And it's like, um, <laughs> I think we need all of that. Well, we need what we need. Right. And well, we need to address things that haven't been addressed. Absolutely. That is how we heal. That's why we're here. Uh huh. Uh Yes. And there is no healing in the dark. So, yeah. yeah. Were you going to say something else about the those stories of counselors saying we don't need to get into it? I feel like Mm -mm. there was another thought. I don't know. Um, How did that relate to the. Well, I just think that totally shuts down and then creates more of this pressure to forgive yes 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 okay got it yeah and that that's sort of what I was talking about in my experience and that I just said and and the example you gave it also is just saying to the person I hear that something did happen to you exactly I hear you and I'm here with you and I'm really listening right yeah yeah Absolutely. And we can do that as lay people too. Yeah. I think it would help us know what kind of support they might need referred to or what kind of counselor mm-hmm. they might need to talk to. Gives us some context, but mostly, yeah, we need to it's be heard. It's just a being there. Exactly. Holding space. That. Yep. Yep. Thank you for listening. We hope this helped you change the conversation. If you liked this episode, we invite you to subscribe, leave a review, or share on whatever platform you're using to listen. It will help others to find the show. Speak on. This episode was sponsored by Studio 916 at the Sand Creek Library branch of the Pikes Peak Library District in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you or your business or organization are interested in sponsoring this work, please contact us through our Facebook page or at thriverwomen at gmail.com. We're super thankful to Keegan Kellogg, producer and engineer at PPLD Sand Creek, for his encouragement and professional expertise in this endeavor. And also Terry Josiah Sharp, the other person in production behind the scenes here in the studio at Sand Creek, has been a serendipitous creative connection for us in this work. Both are people whom we're sincerely happy to know, both professionally and as individuals.